So we're going to continue talking about changing my mind, changing your mind. And we've been on this subject about righteousness and self-righteousness, where righteousness, righteousness is of God and self-righteousness is of us. You know, we one of the worst things you can be called is, well, you're just self-righteous, especially if you're not a, a great person to begin with and you think you are. That is arrogance. You know, you come across as being arrogant and self-righteous. Um, it's just one of the worst things that someone could really say to you. So today we're going to talk about changing my mind. First, I want to review a little bit of what Pastor's been talking about um, over the last two weeks. And uh, he, he started with the offering. And uh, go ahead, Ray, uh, Ray please. Uh, in Philippians 2.5, excuse me, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So we're starting off with talking about the, the basis of this. This is what Jesus was teaching. This is what Jesus believed. And this is what he wants us to strive for. So uh, that's what we're, we're pushing for today. And we're, we're going to talk about that. So we're going to talk about turning the other cheek, which is pretty hard to do. Um, it's easy to do. We talk about, you know, loving people, loving the Lord, and it's easy to love people that are easy to love. But it's really hard to love people and turn that cheek for folks that are difficult, that have hurt us, that have done harm to us, horrible harms, horrific harms, things that I, I can't even begin to understand because I haven't been there or done that. But Jesus, when, he, when we, we'll see here in a second, he really didn't like pre preface anything by saying unless it was really bad. He never said that. So this is this is hard stuff for us to work on, but but we can do it with his help. So pastor spoke a couple of weeks ago about the offering and about the ought. These things were all tied together. The ought was having a problem with your brother or your sister in Christ and, and leaving that offering, going and fixing the problem before you make your offering to God, because if, if you have an ought with somebody, if you're struggling with somebody, if you have a problem that you have done, if you're the one in the wrong, and you may not even know you're the, in the wrong. You may think they did it, but you started it and didn't even know you started it. And you'll learn that by talking to them, by going to them. That offering that we want to give to God isn't pure, isn't righteous. It's self-righteous. So Jesus encouraged us to leave it there at the altar and go fix that problem. We'll take the verse, please, brother. There we go. Therefore, if you could, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and you remember us that you have a brother that hath ought against thee. So if you have a brother or a sister, somebody that is has a problem with you, leave your gift before the altar, which I think is funny because Jesus didn't say, well, you know, gather up your gift and go fix it. He said, leave it there because he wants you to come back. He wants you to fix it and still honor God, but fix it first. And go your way and first reconcile to your brother and then and come and offer that gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are in the way with him. Lest any time the adversary delivers thee to the judge and the judge deliver thee to the officer and thou be cast into prison. See, sometimes we think we're in the right and we've got this whole storyline built up in our minds that we've been done wrong. But in all reality, it can be our fault, too. Maybe it's that self-righteousness. Maybe it's words we've said, attitudes we've had that we don't even know we offend people. And we don't mean to necessarily offend or hurt people, but we do. And, and by, we, we don't know that 
why that, that, that tension is there unless we go and speak to that person like Jesus is telling us to. And plus he's saying, you know, back then they were talking about different situations where you could literally be thrown in prison. If you owed somebody money, for instance, they would throw you in jail if you never paid them back. Uh, it wasn't like you just go to tax collect or uh, to the you don't get like phone calls down, you know, and they, they harass you and harass you. And finally, you block the call. and You never hear from them again. They would hunt you down and throw you in jail. So ver- verily, I say unto you, thou shalt by no means come out thence till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. Got to pay your debts. You got to fix it. It's not enough to offer regular gifts. We must have the right relationship with God and with others when we do that. It's so important for us, again, to, to be in the right spiritual place in our lives, to be in the right place with God, to have our brother and our neighbors ought fixed, if that makes sense. The other woman, Pastor Gary spoke about last week, and... Uh, you have heard that it was said and told them the old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whoever looks to after a woman with lust has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Now that scripture goes on to talk about plucking out an eye, cutting off your hand, all these different things. And we know that that wasn't meant as a literal thing. Jesus didn't say that and mean it in a literal way because you can lose an eyeball and still lust after somebody. You cut your hand off, you can still, it doesn't take away that desire and that drive. So what Jesus was saying here was that we need to, go ahead, Ray, please. That it's not enough to avoid adultery, but we must keep our hearts from lusting and be faithful to our spouses and to God. Now, remember, marriage is a big deal to God, not just between you and your spouse. Marriage is a big deal. and He uses it as a picture of his relationship with us over and over and over again. We're the bridegroom. He's the groom. We're the bride. The church is the bride. And this this marriage relationship, it's so easy for us to commit lust with our hearts in so many different areas, whether it be struggling with showing up to church on Sunday morning because the weather's perfect and you want to hit the boat. You want to get out in the boat, get out in the water. That's adultery with God. If you think about it, because you're married to him, he asks you for one thing a week to come here and to spend time with him, to honor him, to learn more about him. Don't forsake this time, he warns us. But then we do. There's so many things that we do. We put other things ahead of him, finances, things, uh, political opinions, all these different things. We have to be so careful not to commit spiritual adultery against God. So it's so important for us. To keep, to keep that in mind when, when we think of adultery, when we think of how we're supposed to be living, that our relationship with our spouses and our relationship with God in so many ways go hand in hand. If we're good to our spouses, chances are we're going to be good to, our, good to the Lord as well and follow his guidelines. The oath. The oath, again, ye have heard that you... He, excuse me, let me start letting. Again, ye have heard that it has not been said by them of old time that thou shalt forswear thyself, but thou shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne. The Old Testament encouraged us to make oaths to God. Jesus is saying, live right, make, be an honest person so that you don't have to do that. 
You don't have to go out of your way to just like pastor said, yeah, I swear to God, I swear to a sack of Bibles. I swear, I swear, I promise. When you say you're going to do something, create a, create a person that people know that it's ironclad. It's not going to be something like, well, I hope they do it. No, if you say it, consider it done. It's already done if you say it. And that's the kind of thing that Jesus is talking about here. We need to be those people. He's talking about our hearts. He's talking about changing who we are and being righteous, not self-righteous. And in order to be righteous, we have to be people of our word. Nor by the earth, for it is, by, it is his footstool. Neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither thou swear by thy head, because thou canst make one hair black or white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. For whoever is more, but for whosoever is more than these overcome, overcometh of evil. I'm having a hard time reading this morning. Sorry, folks. But we serve a great God. We serve a powerful God. And we have to realize that. By keeping our oaths and being who we are and, and not having the need to swear and, and being a person of virtue and being a person of righteousness, that these things aren't necessary for us to do. We don't have to make those oaths and promises constantly. It's not enough to keep a promise. We also have to avoid casual and irresponsible commitments to God. I uh, we saw on a, the other day on a show it was a, just a com, it was a Sicily sitcom and a guy was going through a terrible thing and he was praying they showed him in church praying and he was praying God you know I will commit my life to you I'll do this for you Lord I'll, I'll show up to church I'll, I'll start to give I'll do this just fix this one problem in my life just fix it Lord and before he was finished with the last sentence he got a phone call that everything was okay and he's like oh okay and he got up and walked right out of church. How many of us do that, though? How many of us lay things down with struggles? We have fears. We, we you know, Lord, I'll do anything. I, I pray. I'll, I'll go to church. I'll become a missionary to someplace I don't want to go. I'll do whatever I got to do. Just fix this thing, Lord. And then when it's fixed, uh, well, I mean, you didn't think I meant it, right? I mean, I, 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 I'm, I mean, what? Africa, right? That's like, that's like yeah. Ronnie does not want to go to Africa. I hear it's beautiful this time of year, but that's okay. We, we need to be people of our word, and especially when we talk to God, He knows your heart already. We don't have to make empty promises to Him. He knows our shortcomings. He knows our struggles. Just be honest. Just talk to Him and pray to Him the way you, you should, and be, be honest with yourself. So it's, it's not enough to do that, and we need to be very responsible when it comes to those commitments to God. So now we're on to the other cheek. Talking about the other cheek, I thought today's music was incredible, and they had no idea what this message was about today, but it's really something about how we love songs about grace, like Miss Sherry was saying. Songs about grace, it stirs our hearts, it touches our souls, uh, gives us confidence, it makes us feel really good, and it should. But how good are we at giving grace to others? How good are we at forgiving people and having patience with people that are difficult, that necessarily, in so many ways, don't deserve it? But like Sherry said, that's the definition of grace. Grace is something that's given to those that don't deserve it. So in Matthew, we see uh, in chapter 5 here, it says, Ye have heard 
that has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now, that's an Old Testament law. Jesus talking like this, does that make that law go away? No. But the, t- the context of it had been taken out of context because it was originally set up so that there would be a judge involved. So people wouldn't be taking vengeance for themselves. There wouldn't be vigilantes running around taking care of business when they think that something's been done wrong. Because we don't always get the whole picture. So often we get heated about something, we hear something, we believe something. I mean, social media. Anybody here been led down a rabbit trail that wasn't true in the last year? I think, I, I know I have a, about a dozen times. To the point where I'm, I'm not, not even on it anymore. I just couldn't take it anymore. So we have to be so careful not to overreact right away. And, and Jesus is saying here... Uh, we'll see in a second that we're supposed to be different now. And the whole point of the eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, was to get in front of a judge and let the judge deal with it. And earlier, and this is all the same context, the same chapter that we've been reading, you know, Jesus warned about, well, you get dragged in front of the judge and you get thrown in jail. So sometimes we have to be careful of that, too. So this is all just a warning for us to do the right thing. But I say unto you that you... That ye resist not evil, but whoever shall smite thee on your right cheek, turn him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, take away thy coat. Let him also have your cloak. So don't just give him your coat, give him your rain jacket or your hat or whatever else you might have. And whoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain or two. Give to him that asks thee. And from him that would borrow of thee, and turn not thou away. Ye have heard that it said, you have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which desperately use you and persecute you. I've been fortunate enough to use this in my life. I've been blessed in so many ways. We have, I have a family member who is a very distant family. He's not really a family member, I guess. He's an ex-family member. But he, he was somebody I, honest to goodnessly, physically wanted to hurt. And if anybody here knows, knows me, I'm not a violent person. I'm one of the biggest pacifist people you'll ever meet. But this is a person that I was moments away from, from going after. And by the grace of God, somebody intervened, talked me down out of it. And then as I grew as a Christian... Another scripture I learned down the way was, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And I've leaned heavily on that scripture because his vengeance will be far more just or great than mine. If God chooses to judge harshly on that person, he will. And it will be righteous judgment and it will be good judgment and far worse than any little smackdown that I could give him or maybe get beat up in the process myself. Who knows? But the good thing is, over time, I've learned to pray for people like that in my life. Not because I love them and not because I'm, I'm the super spiritual person, and, but because I want them to be successful. I want them to be happy. I want them to move on. And it's worked. We've seen it in our lives. So it's, it's really amazing to, to see how God, if we follow God's rules here and we do as he suggests, how he blesses us. And like Pastor's been talking about over and over again for the last couple of weeks, it is all about humility. It's all about this heart condition of not being humble and not putting yourself first and letting God take the wheel. 
So a lot of you love that song about Jesus taking the wheel. That's right through that. That ye may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even publicans do the same? So again, it's saying here, it's easy. Jesus is saying it's easy to love, your, love people that you love. My grandkids hung, hung the moon. I, I, can't, I can't get enough time with them. They are everything to me. And it's zero effort to be in love with them. It's zero effort to be patient and kind. I've joked with people, but it's only a part of a joke. My granddaughter could burn my house down, and I'd be like, darling, you did such a great job. Look at that. You took it down to the, to the ground. I mean, look at you. Somebody else I'd want to get. I just wouldn't. But that, that, that's the whole point. I love my granddaughter. I love my grandson. I love my wife and my children. So my patience goes forever. But that's easy. That's not effort. That's, not, that's something that the world can do. That's what the publicans do. The, the politicians. Shaking, shaking hands and kissing babies. So we have to really, really kind of focus on doing our best to, to stretch out there. We ha- I had a lady come to me, uh, a dear, sweet sister in Christ, and she, similar situation that I've had in my life, she, she was struggling with a, with a sibling for many years. And pastor's message touched her heart, and she wasn't sure she should go back to that person and, and, and reach out to them and, and do that the old olive branch and try to love on them. And I said, well, if the Lord's prompting your heart, do that. And, and let God take responsibility for it and take credit for it. Either way it falls. But we should try. And it's not the easiest thing to do. And we'll, we'll see that in a little bit. And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not the publicans so? Be therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. That's a tall order. Be perfect like God. Good luck with that. We need to, we need to really work on it. We need to get in God's Word. We have to have a mindset that we want to try before we can even consider doing such a thing. These are all decisions we have to make. To, 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 Consider the offering, to, to fix the ought with others, to deal with our oaths and, and, and our wandering eye. These are all things we have to set forth to decide to fix in our lives and, and lean on the Lord to do so. Because it's not enough for us to only seek justice for ourselves when we can show the love of Jesus Christ by showing mercy to others as he has done for us. This is the key here. We, and this is the one second, please. I don't know how Pastor keeps talking without taking a sip once in a while. Um, this is the key here. We need so very, very much to do this because you might be the only Jesus that somebody ever meets. You're not Jesus, but you're a Christian, I hope, today. And you're out in the community, maybe wearing your fellowship shirt, you're wearing your fellowship hat, you put your smile on, and then, you know, you, somebody's rude to you at, at, at a, a supermarket, and you lose your mind on them. Because they do something stupid or ignorant. But who here hasn't done something stupid or ignorant? That, that needs to be forgiven. We all have. And we need to be reflections of Christ everywhere in our community. So that people will come to him. Not, not look at you and go, oh wow, 
If that's a church person, I don't need it. So that, that's what we're trying to say here. We have to show mercy to others as it's been done to us. For ye have forgiveness, if ye have forgiven men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men of their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Now this part, this came up right after he taught us the Lord's Prayer in, in Matthew 5, the same chapter. Everybody remember that, that, that prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Say it with me. They're like, hallowed be thy name. Like, will be done on earth as it is in heaven for thine. Awesome. So you, a lot of you still remember, I learned that as a Catholic growing up. It's, it's, it's an incredible prayer. It's a prayer that we, we're, it's, a, it's like a blueprint for us on how we should be praying. And we need to, to focus on that because if this is how he follows that up, because if we pray to be forgiven how we forgive others, if we're supposed to be praying that way, that puts the burden on us to be forgiving people, to turn the other cheek. Sorry, but I jumped to this one. Go ahead. <laughs> the status of our relationships with him and people around us are very important to Jesus. Turning the other cheek. What kindness looks like. Nothing shows what and who we really are than our heart. Better than, uh, than when we're wronged. So the status of our heart, our heart condition, how, how mature of a Christian we are, it, 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 we shine or we dim when we're wrong. The law says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but Jesus said, turn the other cheek. He said, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them that dis- despitefully use you and persecute you. It is much easier and even seemingly justified to strike back it's a very natural thing to want to respond in kind. But you're taking God out of the picture at that point. If vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, when you take vengeance, he takes his hands off, perhaps. You got it. Okay, you want it, you got it. You take care of it. I had this plan, and things would have been better, but now let's just keep escalating it. Because how often does a fight end when you respond back? When somebody pushes and you push back, does it usually end there or is there another push and then perhaps a swing and, and, and I'm talking about literally or figuratively in, in an argument in any situation in our lives. If we don't take the humble turning the other cheek, we escalate things because we're we're supposedly the victim here. If we're getting slapped first and we're supposed to be turning the other cheek, it diffuses the situation. It's you see so often as if you humble yourself and, and don't strike back. It takes the steam out of somebody else's argument. Our close relationship and walk with the Lord can propel us in new, to new heights of forgiveness and love. All this stuff, we can't do it without Him. We need Him in our lives. We need to pray daily for these things, especially against the hard things. Everyone in this room 
has something in their lives that they can apply this to. And right now you're thinking of that, that person in your life, that old friend, that old loved one, that, that old sibling, you don't, a parent. It could be anybody in your life that you have struggles with. And, we have, and it's so very hard to turn the cheek because they struck first. So why can't I hit back? Well, Jesus is telling us why. Because we, we should be forgiving and full of love. Again, this is all a matter of the heart. I found it interesting. I asked Roger to throw this in. How Ephesians, in Ephesians 6, we're talking about the armor of God. It goes from the, from the head down to basically to your toes of different things to protect yourself. It's a great line of scripture. I, I just wasn't going to go into all of it this morning. But I just thought it was interesting that having the, it's a matter of our heart. And the breastplate of righteousness, which covers and protects our heart, is, is what we're talking about here today. Righteousness is the key. And we need to have that breastplate. We have to put that armor of God on to, for us to be able to follow through and do what he's asking us to do here. Uh, before I read this, I just wanted to... to it's interesting. My wife and I were talking about this subject yesterday. And... As I said, honestly, I've got I, I have siblings that I struggle with. I've got uh, people in my life that I've struggled with over the years, and I, and I have not mastered this turning the cheek thing. And she asked me, "Well, how 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 can God ask us to do such a thing when some people are just so rotten?" And I'm not talking about just my family, but you know, just in general, people people can be rotten. People are hurtful. People do terrible things to each other. We'll see it here on the news, like I talked about, what's going on in Afghanistan. We'll see terrible things. And we're supposed to tell the Afghani people, turn the other cheek. We're supposed to. And the story that came to mind was Jonah and the whale. Everyone here knows the story about Jonah and the whale, and, and, and we teach it to the kids, and it's a great story. It's a, you know, it seems like a fun story, but it's really a heavy, heavy, dark story. I did some research on it, and... I had always heard, I must have heard it from a preacher years ago. I'm not sure where I heard it, but I guess there's no scriptural foundation. But Jonah, I had always heard, hated the Assyrians, the, the people of Nineveh, because they had killed his family. And I guess there's not really, there's some historical context that perhaps that's true. But I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm bringing that part up just so in case anyone else had heard that, so you know that that part's maybe not entirely true. But the key here is, Jonah was wronged by the Assyrian people. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire, which is current-day Iraq. And God told him, I want you to go preach to these people. And Jonah's reaction wasn't great. A, he, he thought he was a terrible preacher. B, he was probably terrified of the Assyrians because the Assyrians were Israel's number one enemy at the time. I can't even think of a comparison for today to where we would be sending somebody to some place where it's almost assuredly death if you go and open your mouth and say, hey, I'm from Israel. So these people wanted the Jewish people dead and God was sending him there. And on top of it, if there's any truth to his family being hurt or murdered by these people, he did not want any part of it. He was angry at God for even suggesting it. So he went the other direction. Assyria, you know, of Israel, Assyria was to, let me think here, to the east, and he went west. He went to Joppa, jumped on a boat, and you guys know the rest of the story, got thrown off, fish grabbed him, spin him up on, up on land, 
And then God still had to push him to do the right thing, to turn that other cheek. Because that's what he was doing. That's what he was asking Jonah to do. Jonah had been hurt. Jonah had been wronged. Jonah did not want to turn the other cheek. He was hoping that God would judge the city of Nineveh and its couple of hundred thousand inhabitants, burn it to the ground. He was fine with that. He did not want these people saved. He did not want them to repent. He was blatantly blunt about wanting to see that city judged. And God said, no, you're going to go. So the fish grabbed them, spat them out on the seashore, and then God grew a vine and then sent a worm to eat the vine and then sent sun and a harsh wind to push Jonah along the way because Jonah was still being stubborn after all of that. Now, by turning the other cheek, by doing what God commanded Jonah to do, the city of Nineveh repented. Tens of thousands of children, women, grown men, repented and went back to God, and the city was spared. So that's that's an old picture, but it's a picture of what can happen in your life. That person that you think has no hope, that person in your life that you think has no redeeming qualities whatsoever, God can do a miracle, because you know what? In His eyes, before you knew His Son... You are no better than that person. So we can all be saved. We can all follow the Lord. And that's why we're supposed to, and that's one of the examples of why we should be turning the cheek and going that way. In Philippians, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. God wants good things for us. Your Father in Heaven loves you. He does not want you to be negative. He wants you to be a positive person. He wants you to be a kind person. He wants you to be a giver. And a giver doesn't only mean money and stuff. It means your time. It means your grace. Because you have grace in you as well. It's for you to give. It's been given to you, but it's up to you to give it. Give it to those that are, that are hurting. And granted, there's no guarantee that those, peop- those people in your lives are going to turn around and be a different person. But you know what? That's on God, and that's on them. Let, let God deal with that with them. Jesus came to give us life, not to complicate our lives. If you do this, and you take this burden off of your heart, if you do this and you take this, this weight that you're carrying around, because even if you're the one that did right and you're the one that was wronged, there's still something on your shoulders because it's unfinished business. It's not right. Your ought with that person has never been fixed. You're supposed to be turning the other cheek, folks. Thanks again for being here. We made it in record time today. I hope you all... I hope you all didn't have reservations. I messed them up by not going for another 30 minutes. But.